1: You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host Chris Hambling and well, it's no surprise to anybody but Palace were knocked out of the FA Cup without scoring for the fourth time in a row. Um, Bad match, and we'll be trying our best to talk about the two hours of our lives that we'll never, ever get back.
0: The Match Report. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com.
1: With me today, uh, the only person who could stomach it, it's Mike Scott.
0: Hello. Hello. How's how's life with you, eh? Uh, it's all right. I have a Venus flytrap now, so I'm excited because that's something I've wanted for my entire life. So that's, you know, the small things for small minds um, hmm. kind of mentality. Um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, not a lot to say. There's enough money going on from people. I'm not going to go into that. No. Getting by. I-
1: I I didn't anticipate you talking about a Venus flytrap. Um, I I have had many Venus flytraps because um, oh really? I was, I was, no, yeah, I was a bit of a I don't want to say weirdo as a kid because that's not quite fair, although it is true. But um, I was very much into into nature. I kept all sorts of strange pets. I had a praying mantis, uh, giant land snails. Um, excellent excellent. all sorts of crap like that um, but yeah and I also had weird plants so I had carnivorous plants so I had a few venus fly traps something called a sundew what's that? Uh, so it's like a weird uh, sticky plant with like long tendrils and uh, when a fly goes onto it seeking the sweet sweet nectar or whatever uh, it st- they stick to it and then the, the little tendril rolls up gradually over a period of time and dissolves the fly
0: mm. excellent well the, the thing I'm worried about is that um in a, a new build urban flat on the first floor, I'm not, I'm not sure how many insects these are going to actually get. But uh, no. we'll see if I have, see how long I can keep them alive. I'll keep people updated. Good stuff. Yeah, look forward to the
1: regular Venus flytrap update. You'll have to order in some flies if uh, if all else fails. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Presumably, you can get flies delivered from Amazon. They do everything else. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, up the, quick update from me. I know we were talking before. Before we went on air, on air <laughs> uh, about this, and um, yeah, I, I'm, I was misfortunate enough to be uh, instructed to isolate by the track and trace app. Probably one of about ten people in the Reading area that actually uses it, but unlucky enough to have been asked to self isolate. Nothing wrong with me at all, and I suspect it's just one of those proximity issues from me being in a in a flat that's um, obviously occupied and also right against a um, quite a main sort of road in. Reading, so I am th- pretty sure um I didn't encounter anybody on the day it says I did, but um but I'm sticking to the rules because I am a good boy. Do
0: so you know you hear like stories from the early twentieth century where like the two car owners in the town managed to collide with each other? Like the, the two people that use the track and trace app in Reading managed to collide with each
1: other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did it did give me a bit of a bit of a start because it was um there's a variety of messages you can get apparently. And the one I got said you are highly likely to have caught the coronavirus, which was not a nice thing to read. Um, But there you go. Um, I I don't believe I have. I feel broadly fine, um, other than frustrated from being cooped up inside. Spending most of my time jogging on the spot in the kitchen. And um, I did. I've got a a rowing machine as well, Mike, and I I went to sit on it and uh, I missed the seat and I became sort of stuck against the frame of it like an an upturned turtle. I was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's good to live alone, isn't it, when people can't see you having to get, get enough momentum to roll off the frame of a... Uh,
0: can't help you if you break a bone. You're still there two weeks later. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, that's more than enough of our terrible, terrible lives. Um, let's get straight into a terrible, terrible football match. But before we do that, of course, let's get into the news from the week. And Mike, I'm going to hand over to you since you wrote it this week.
0: Well, you say before we get into a terrible football match, um, we can quickly cover a terrible football match. So, um, L- London City Lionesses uh, hosted Palace Women um, Sunday afternoon. Um, it clashed with uh, Crawley um, beating Leeds three nil. But you know Leeds played played well, played good football. also it, <laughs> it was his plan. It was his plan. Um, but yeah, um, Palace Palace did well to get um, a 0 nil draw in the end because. Um, I got to watch the second half. Um, Amber Stobbs got sent off, um, I think, probably about 10 minutes into the second half. Um, So, Palace did really well to hold on. Um, You know, they're about on par, I think, in in the league with Lionesses. Um, Chloe Morgan, the keeper, made a couple of really, really good saves. Um, The Lionesses did hit the woodwork, but I I think they'll be happy with a point. So, yeah, uh, 0-0 draw. Um, Just a marginally better game than than the men's game.
1: So, um, on that, you mentioned the Crawley game there. Obviously, I'm from Crawley, but I cannot emphasize enough how little I care for them. Um, and um, yeah, my my sort of social media timelines and WhatsApp has been full of people talking about the um, the fantastic performance and how great it was, and what a shame it was we weren't there. And I've just used the Alan Partridge gif of him sh- shrugging um, repeatedly all over the place, and feeling much better about myself. But next up in the news was uh, Selhurst is to be a vaccination centre. Um, The statement was this. NHS staff and volunteers will take over the Glaziers Lounge in the main stand, which has been adapted to provide the necessary welfare facilities and to deliver the vaccine safely and efficiently whilst maintaining social distancing. Vaccinations will only be issued to those who have received their NHS vaccination invite and the centre will operate by appointment only over 80s care home residents and frontline health and social care staff have been identified as priority categories members of the public will be asked not to arrive without prior appointment quite surprised in some ways that they have to make that statement but then you know as soon as i've read it there i thought yeah you probably do have to point out to people that it's a vaccination center but it's appointment only don't just turn up at sell especially not in your palace scarf and and, and top uh, and just expect to be vaccinated um but there you go. Fantastic work again from the club. They've done an awful lot in the community. Um, we will talk later on about the kind of other side of that particular coin, uh, where you know some of the players haven't covered themselves in glory. But um, Mike, I'm, I'm sure you're like myself, really impressed with the club um, putting themselves forward and, and, and offering that service.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, it's it's the minimum that probably any football club or any play, place that's got a decent sized room for use um, can do. Um Hodgson sort of played it down. He's like, well, I'm, I'm happy. Um, but, you know, there's still, still plenty to do. Let, let's see how many people can get vaccinated. And, and maybe if um, it starts saving lives around the area, then um, we can look at it a bit more. But there's still plenty to go to fight it in the moment. So let's not get too um, pat ourselves on the back too much. No,
1: indeed. And one of our number of does work in the NHS and is uh, has been... Encouraging us that uh, vaccinations are being ramped up and appointments being issued all the time. So, fingers crossed, we get to a place where we can start returning to some sort of normality fairly soon. Uh, so, Mike Guiter was Player of the Month for December.
0: Thoughts? Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've blocked December's games out of my mind. Um, but what remind me what? I mean, I, I think there was a few decent saves, but um I, well, that's yeah. I, I mean, me. he probably.
1: It probably saved us being double figures behind against Liverpool. Um, yeah. it probably made maybe five or six really good saves against Villa despite us losing 3 0. Um, but yeah, in the, in the games where we played better after that, you know, perhaps perhaps not too many st- saves stick in the memory because we defended that little bit better. But you know, let's face it, there's not a massive pool of quality to pick from in terms of form and performances. You know, um, you've, you've got obviously Eze's goal, um. Which, which stuck out in the memory. But prior to that, I've been in and, out, in and out of the side and not had a massive impact. And yeah, you know, Klein and, and Ward had been competing for one spot, so you probably can't pick out too many there. Mitchell's been great since he came back.
0: Um, Was the SA Gold January, though? The, the days are just blurred into one.
1: No, oh, that's a really good point. I have no idea. I have no idea. Good point. I started talking about games, but you're right. Some of those were, were January games. But... um
0: Anyway, say, well continue, done, yeah. well done, Wade.
1: And also, it was his birthday as well, isn't it? Today is the day of recording and it's someone else's birthday as well, right?
0: It's producer Sam's birthday. Um, and she, you know, the kind of person she is when she messages me to make sure it's mentioned on the pod. Um, <laughs> so yeah, apparently, she's having an alcohol free birthday watching uh. Fast and Furious, so that sounds like hell on earth to me, but yeah, fair enough. And uh and Shemak's birthday as well, you just told me, which is I
1: was excellent. going to say, uh, that's the one I meant, Maran Shemak's birthday, Sam's birthday. Interesting, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, I've already wished Sam a happy birthday, but a formal Back of the Nest happy birthday to Sam, who is older than Vicente Guaita right um (laughs) so finally make sure you check out all of our content on social media search back of the nest on any of the channels you'll find us there and also head over to youtube like and subscribe there. building up a massive community of people there um you know the watch alongs lots of people get in touch and we really do appreciate when they say that they're they're helping them deal with watching palace at times and you're also helping them through this really sort of troubling period as well and I, i can't say that certainly for myself and DR and, and Patrick when he joins us, uh, and yourself as well, Mike, when you uh, pop in occasionally. Um, but I can't say we're having the same benefit from it. It's still pretty much just as painful for us uh, as if, if we weren't doing it. But uh, I'm glad it's having a, a positive impact on other people as well. And DR's doing plenty on there at the moment, as he always does in the transfer windows, rounding up the rumours, talking about the the, uh, the pros and cons of what we're suggested we might do in the press how true any of it is, we, we don't add any veracity to it. Don't worry. It's just, you know, it's just a roundup.
0: But he is also covering stuff that we're not currently covering on here. So, for example, um, Roy's reaction to rumours or questions about Max. So, yeah, that's on you. So just because otherwise the pods would be three hours long.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. And not only that, it goes into full instant match reactions as well um, and, and gets lots of, uh, of of people who've watched along. Or involved in that so you get to hear some different voices too so yeah it's it's very much supplementary additional uh it doesn't cover the same ground we cover here uh, good point there mike right let's get up into the major topic from the week and um little monica got in touch uh that's will um and his suggestion mike was to talk about anything but the match literally any other subject i think we've done that fairly well so far
0: yeah, I mean, I I probably, I haven't had the Venus fly Chaps long enough to, to discuss it at length anymore. <laughs> Obviously, you're an expert, so we might have to wait a bit longer until I've caught up with you.
1: Indeed, but I'm, I'm sorry, we are going to have to talk about the match and the general arguments and concepts around it. And I suppose, you know, talking around the lineup, Mike, the first thing that we, we all looked at when we saw it was seeing the Sacco and Tompkins partnership back together often talked about whether or not they would recapture former glories and of course Sacco very much linked with the move away strongly linked with the move back to France was it Nice I think it was um but um but also linked with a move to West Brom uh, his game ended at half time with a with a thigh strain which you know I'll be honest I did spot it happen um but I wasn't 100% sure so when it was confirmed afterwards it wasn't that much of a surprise but I suppose, first of all, seeing them back together, how did you feel when you when you saw it and what did you think of the 45 minutes of them together?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see them back together. Um, I reckon it's been a, a fairly long time and and as we both discussed before, we're both huge fans of that partnership. Um, Hodgson said after the game that he was actually planning to take off Tompkins after half the game. Um, I was quite surprised to see him selected at all. Um, you know, the man's only just come back from months and months out and Quite odd to see him start three games in a row, but um, who knows? That could have been at the request of, of Tompkins and Sacco. Um, they didn't do a great deal to um, suggest that they're back to their former greatness. Um, certainly, I remember one absolutely free header um, that the, the young Wolves kid, I can't remember his name, had. Yeah, Fab- because, Fabio
1: Silva, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: because Sacco had just done that weird thing where he ducks below the ball and gave him a ton of space. So I, I think he looked, he looked very rusty. Um, and we we'll, we'll see if, if this tanks his, his move plans. Cause um, he must be gutted right now. If if it's a serious buy stream.
1: Yeah. I suppose the only flip side to that mean, might mean that there's less pressure for him to get away in January and he can take his pick at the end of his contract maybe. So um, I'm not suggesting a conspiracy theory there, but um you know we'll see how it pans out i guess but there was um i suppose before we get into to, to too much more i just want to quickly ask you um what you thought about the bench um, being being nine people on the bench again and um you know a cup game where traditionally people are rested so in terms of people being rested they still had to travel to wolverhampton and they still had to sit on the bench in the cold if they, you know those that weren't used um, and i was really fed up prior to the game i actually really liked the fact we got some rotation in the squad but the fact that there was not a single young player on the bench really wound me up and it was only after i'd stressed that on twitter that a couple of people said maybe it's to do with the the bubbles that the club are in and the 23s are separately bubbled to the to the, to the first team I, I don't know if you've got any idea if that's true but what do you think about the fact that we 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 didn't even have you know a couple of the top performing youngsters whether they're Premier League quality or not you know not even there for the for the experience
0: I'd be surprised if they were separate bubbled um I'm, I'm sure somebody knows better than either of us but just going by the amount of other teams that did either through choice or through necessity Select um, players from their under 23s and even their under 18s. I can't imagine that Palace would be doing something vastly different to them. So be surprised if that was the reason. Yeah, the same. Um, we all knew we were going to lose 1 0 to Wolves. So may as well lose three or four. Um, unless there's plans for, you know, um, for example, um, Rob Street's going on loan. Isn't unless there's some serious line plans in the works and it's best to keep them. Away from either COVID possibilities or or just injuries, um, but yeah, it, it was it must be one of the oldest average age benches that we've had this season.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't get it. You know, it, even if there is a issue with bubbles and all that, it's not like we haven't known about this game for quite some time and, and known that we had two games in quick succession after it against big teams. You, you can plan around that for you know. It, I don't know. It's, it's just one of the things that. I I talk about a lot about that. I just don't get with Roy Hodgson's approach, you know, and lots of people talk about it week in, week out on social media and and on message boards and things like that. And there's this kind of constant to and fro of extremes where people either sort of argue for, you know, wholesale youth being picked and people argue for none being picked because they're obviously all not good enough. And this kind of idea that until you put them in the squad, you can't try. And the truth is all of those things have merit, you know, there's no guarantee that any of the current under under 23s or, or even the 18s are you know going to come into the team and be spectacular. But i just go back to the point. It's about development. It's about giving people experience. Even if they never end up being a first team Palace player, you're still responsible for developing players, giving them a career and ultimately making some money out of them as well. If you spend that money developing a player, get them to the best level they can and you sell them on and you have a you know, a resale, uh, sorry, a sell-on clause, all that kind of stuff. And that's part of the, the business of football. Um, and it's also looking after the the, the careers of, of the people that you're charged with looking after. So it just frustrates the hell out of me and, and I dare say we'll return to it.
0: Well, but, I just um, want to add that Hodgson would probably say there was nine changes, and he basically just put the team that he'd have put on the pitch on the bench um, and he'd, that's probably all he cares about right now. If, if this is his last season, he probably couldn't give a toss how the under-23 has developed. That's someone else's problem. But.
1: Yeah, but that... I mean, obviously, we've been told that's the opposite of the case by the by the chairman when he did his video not that long ago. But, you know, Roy has gone on record as saying, you know, how can I pick a young player over a senior professional? And it's just, if you start with that attitude, then, you know, what, what message are you sending to the young players? It's, it's ridiculous. And people will point to... You know the likes of Wan Bissaka and Mitchell, but we all know that they got opportunities through injuries only, and it's it's only to their credit that they took them, that that, that they had any game time at all, frankly. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, first wind you out of the way, plenty more to come. But let's talk about Jack Butland. Got to make his debut for for Palace. You have put some comments in there, and I, and I guess I'll let you sum those up before um before giving my views.
0: Yeah, there wasn't too many post match interviews posted uh, no real surprise there I suppose he had the lengthiest one um, he he was upfront about the game um, he said that palace didn't create much there was no spark and it was a bit of sweep debut so he, he didn't really hold back there which which is good to see um, and then to paraphrase the rest of what he said he said he loved every minute of palace since he's come in um, and that he needed a new start um, when he talked about the goal, he said he was un- unsighted, but he was very disappointed with it, um, but pleased with the game otherwise. Um, and the, the thing that got me in his interview, he only referred to Vincenzo Guaita as V, um, <laughs> which those those among you who watch a lot of um, certain internet videos um, know what that's short for generally. So um, <laughs> a little bit odd, a little bit odd.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll leave that bit there. I thought we made a, a couple of good saves. And, uh, you know, the goal, it got some criticism on the comments on the watch along. And I saw similar criticism on Twitter as well. But a lot of people leap into his defence too, which which is the side defence I'm on. Because yeah, he's had a, he had a real drop in, in form at Stoke. And, he, you know, his reputation took a real hammering. Because at one stage, it was kind of a almost a given that he was the next England number one. And, and I really rated him. You know when he was, when it was at the peak of his powers previously. And he's still a young guy for a keeper. I think in 28, 29, something like that. And um, I think a new start. He talked about it being what he needed, and, and absolutely. And I genuinely think he's really going to push for uh for for the you know foreseeable couple of seasons or so from from here. So um, yeah, I, I thought the goal was. On first look, I thought he'd gone in the top corner, but when you see it again, yeah, it is at a bit of a savable height. But the power and, and and as he says, the the fact he was a little unsighted really cost us. And um, yeah, but for Roy to call it a wonder goal, and we'll come to that later on, I thought was a little bit ridiculous because it was once again amateur defending, um, and and it started with that man Van Arnholt supposedly playing left back, um, being caught way, way, way too narrow. Eze doing exactly the same thing and, and Traore, who hadn't scored for a year, scores. And what can you say, really? Um, but, you know, back back to the Palace team. I mean, the front three we picked, I say front three because obviously I used playing right side of a midfield and played the full 90 minutes despite being in the worst form I think we've ever seen him in. Um, so I played out of position, played terribly, didn't get taken off. Benteke, um You know, playing playing up top together. I suppose the latter um, was was probably the worst of them, but none of them covered themselves in glory, Mike.
0: No, they absolutely didn't. I I really can't see a situation where, and we've there's no point discussing this again to death. But obviously, we don't create the kind of chances that Benteke had back in 2017. We've said that five thousand times. So to then have two players that essentially need to feed off that um, with a side that really didn't have a, a, a traditional crosser in whatsoever, just, I don't know what, what was the point of that? It, it It's not going to work. I mean, fine. If you're going to test it, test it in a game that you probably want to lose anyway, which is doubtless Hodgson's mentality, but um, they're not going to work together. You could see that before the game started that, it, it just seems a bid to sort of prove that he doesn't quite have enough players. So he has to put two of the same type in. I, I don't know. I it just, it, it, it was destined for disaster. And I feel sorry for Batswai Cause yes, he had an absolutely crap game, but he was on a hide into nothing with that, with that team. So not a lot he could do.
1: Yeah. Well, again, we'll talk about the, the comments that Hodgson made in relation to chance creation, but once again, no shot on target through, through 90 minutes. As as an attacking force, we were basically non existent no matter what the manager says. Um, And and everything that comes before that, you can talk about the performance of the forwards, but everything before that, I mean, you know, what what were we trying to do in central midfield? Who was playing which role? If, if, you know, if Reid is sitting back and screening, which he appeared to be doing, then obviously it's down to McCarthy to get forward and play some positive forward passes. But McCarthy, is one of those players who who likes to move the ball around. Tends to be sideways, backwards. You know, he's not particularly forward thinking in terms of how how he how he plays. So you then got to argue, well, surely that's better for him to do that deeper role and and, and get Riederfeld, but uh, to move around the pitch. But then you're playing against Wolves, and we've all seen in the last few games we have played against Wolves them completely dominate us in the midfield because we've got two people in there, and and they just they just flood it flood us with numbers. So. Once again, it's sticking rigidly to a a game plan and a set of tactics, which previously hadn't worked. We did it again, and it didn't work again. So, you know, what what are we doing here? So in the hiding to nothing comment you made, just it rings true for everybody on the pitch, to be quite honest with you. I I don't see how anyone was going to succeed. Eze was never going to have a a strong game, being asked to do what he was asked to do. Um, The idea that picking Eze and, and then Van Arnholt behind him, you know, that's weakening the defence you might as well have started Mitchell anyway just cuz you 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 know he can defend and he will stay at that in that position there's so much you look at and you just think none of that really makes logical sense for you to do what you did unless you were actively trying to lose that game and that's and that's really what it feels like but i think that's all we can really talk about with regards to the lineup nobody who you know hadn't been in the team of late came into the team and and screamed we must pick them from here on you know bachwai Will, will not start the next game. You know, IU should not start the next game. Um, you know, uh, McCarthy, Van Arnholt, Sacco, you know, if he's fit, should not be starting the next game. That, that's really the end of it. So, I, I've just
0: got two, two, two things to add to that. Someone on Twitter, and I'm really sorry, I can't I can't find it, I can't remember were, but if you're listening, you know that you're a genius. Um, as pointed out, we've now lost three times away at Molyneux in around six months with pretty much the same uh, tactics and the same result of them, as you say, flooding the midfield. And the one thing that I've thought now, watching Eze a few times in weaker sides, is that, um, yeah, OK, Goal.com said the other day that they think he's the best player in the Premier League. Um, he is awesome, but he's a player that needs good players around him. And when there is nothing like that, um, he can be a lot more ineffective. So in a way in a way it's different from Zaha who can pull something out on his own. That's really not the way Eze works. So to stick him in that side just seems a bit pointless.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And it's noticeable that his performance lifted when Zaha was on the pitch, the Turvin uh, you know, attempted to link up several times in a really you know, creative and an almost exciting way, but by that point, the you know the whole momentum of the game was completely dead for Palace, and um, yeah, just so so disappointing to to see that. And you know, the FA Cup it used to really mean something; it, it still does. And you know, we ended up on the on the watch along thinking wistfully about the cup run under Pardew and almost wanting him back. You know, I, I did remind us, I did say, you know, time is a is a funny thing. Sometimes you can kind of filter out just how terrible the last few months with Pardew were, because they were terrible. Even during that cup run, the league performances were garbage, and it was like we didn't even think to try and do something defensively. We're almost having the opposite now. Um, But, yeah, people kind of getting wistful for Pardew. That's how bad it's got, really. Anyway, it's ad time. So, once again, for this month, we are being sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. They have just launched in the UK – We've all had to go years without using the right tools for the job, um, and we'll talk about what that job is in just a moment. And you can be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. Now, Mike, um, we've talked about this before in our. We've got to a full seven minutes of talking about it in our previous podcast, so we'll, we'll keep it a little bit shorter this week. But I like from speaking to a few people already, there's plenty. There's a few, few, few of the, the listeners who've got in touch and told me that they've taken advantage of these products already. Um, and uh, are genuinely hugely encouraged by the results, and it's not something I spoke about this last time. Not something that every single man is aware of It's even an option, and and why it might be something to do. You know, it, it, you know, trimming your uh, well, you know, they, they have a focus on the balls, don't they, Mike? But it, it's a it's a suitable trimmer for for all your uh, grooming needs. Um, but it, it, you know, the hygiene benefit, you know, just the feel, the kind of freshness, it, it's just you know, I, I can't say this enough. They, they've got, you know, a brilliant system of advertising by rather than chucking money at people, they chuck us the products and say, use them, talk about them. Um, and we did. And, and we're happy to talk about them because they are that good. Um, Mike.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's all I really want to say on it. If you're, if you're the kind of person like me that would rather have one decent thing that works than 20 things around the flat or the house that don't particularly work. Um, you know I've had rubbish clippers in this in in the past and that kind of stuff it's just really decent little trimmer that you can use for all of the stuff to make you look pretty stylish I mean in areas that people usually don't see as well the ones they do so yeah I I I, I reckon people will try it and they'll they'll be a big fan that's all I can say really
1: Well, check out manscaped.com. Look at the product range, read the testimonials. And, I'm, I'm you know, the, the trimmer, Lawn Mower 3.0, it's the, it's the newest version. It's absolutely superb. Waterproof. Uh, it's got an LED light to light up the relevant areas. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's top, top stuff. And, um, you know, we, everybody here at Back of the Nest wants you to experience firsthand for yourself so you can feel as clean and confident and fresh as we all do. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com once you've got everything in your basket enter that code just before you check out and 20 percent off you can't really argue with that
0: back of the nest sponsored by pitch sport fun time videos choose your match day squad post match ratings and much more available to download on the app store and google play pitch dmm.com
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So a bit more reaction. And Mike, we're going to start with hearing from Roy Hodgson.
0: Yeah, I'm selected. I, I know most people heard... Um, his post match that was straight after the game um uh, this one i think's been heard and talked about a little bit less um still the same bollocks though like... right.
1: so i mean i'm i'm i am in, I'm incredulous right and because i i read the comments and i heard them you know the incredulity is, is slightly lower than it was but i'm still i i cannot believe that he actually believes what he's just said and it, and if he does Get get rid now. Just kick him out now, because that's insane. It's insane to say the words. There were plenty of balls fed across the six yard box, which were very close to going in. There were not. There was a ball to to Eze at the back post, which 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 he hit over the bar. That was one thing in the first half that happened. Other than that. Nothing that went across the six-yard box got to anybody. Was anywhere near getting to anybody, and if they had, it still would have been about three or four times that we at absolute most. And and I genuinely can't remember anything than the other than the Eze chance being anything like uh, a good opportunity. And, And so he's trying to say that statistically, because it didn't result in a shot on target, it doesn't mean it's any less valid. You know, having a shot on target is sometimes. Less, less, less of a way of judging whether you created anything than than something where you you know you didn't get a shot away. But
0: you know, well, that I mean, tra- traditionally, a team that's played well and won a game probably has had shots on target.
1: Yeah, that's how it works, Jim, isn't it? You, you, if you have shots on target, they might go into the net, and then if they go in the net, that's what's called a goal, isn't it? I've heard of that previously. We don't like to score them in cup games, but um but we are sure have seen a stick the ball in the in the net thing on, on occasions. Um so I mean I I just cannot if, if he's genuinely genuinely believing what he's saying then, then the guy has lost his mind. As an attacking force we were non existent. To talk about the fact, especially in the second half, we played some good football and had a lot of possession. I mean, first of all, Roy, you've, you're the one who's rubbished having possession of the ball in the past, so don't don't trot that one out. But you know, the only thing he said that's true is that we didn't create enough concrete goal chances to get us back into the game. And even then, the word "enough" is completely superfluous. Is we didn't create concrete goal chances to get us back into the game? We didn't create anything to get us back into the game. And to call what they did. A wonder goal, and the only reason they won the game is just embarrassing. Let's not forget, Fabio Silva, thirty-five million pounds looked like a pub player. He he missed one absolutely golden opportunity with a header you re- referenced earlier, Mike. But he had other opportunities as well where he could You know, he he might well end up being a fantastic player one day. But but right now, you know, he he was absolutely awful leading the line from them. If they had had you know Jimenez up top. You know, he'd it, it'd have, it'd have had a hat trick at least. We were absolute garbage, and I've got no idea what the guy's talking about.
0: No. Um, So if we take a quote from Myron Bolitar at peanut power on Twitter, um he asked, can we discuss Roy's post match interview? I thought it was another underwhelming and toothless display that was lacking in pretty much every department, but Roy's comments would appear to suggest he was quite happy with what he saw. Was I watching a different game? Um So I don't think you're alone. No. Um, <laughs> And no, certainly, and- and- for most of the game, we didn't have more of the possession, um, which is fine by me because we usually win when that happens. But
1: exactly, and, and but he, he's right when he says that the comments that Roy makes appeared to suggest he was quite happy with what he saw, and he does it a lot. You know, when when we see a game that not only is incredibly tedious to watch, but to a degree, we'll up, we'll we'll accept tedium when we get results. And Roy got a lot of lot of praise. For kind of stopping the rot against Leicester and beating Sheffield United, even though Sheffield United are playing like a team that got relegated at the start of the season, uh, you know. But the performance against Leicester was a lot better. You know, again, first half poor, second half good. But you know, you you cannot you cannot come out of a game like that and say anything. Where uh, when he's when he's come out of the Liverpool game and he said, you know, okay, he still gave his his usual speech of. Um, you know, if, if things might have gone differently if we'd put some chances away early doors, blah, 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 blah. But he came off the back of that and said, you know, if, after a result like that, you can't really take any positives. You can't take any positives against the same game just because we only lost 1-0. It doesn't, it doesn't make it any better than the performance against Liverpool. And in many ways, it was a much, much worse performance. You know, this wow. guy, anyone, anyone still left out there who, who's backing Roy, you know, he's actually, he's pulling the rug from underneath him, in my view, because it's just madness.
0: When you say you can't take any politic uh, positives from it, uh, my boy Andy Nicholson on Twitter at mad underscore crutch said, said "I tried to find some positives." So let's go over them. Uh, PVA starting, so that means Mitchell is first choice left back. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Butland did really well. Yeah, I think we discussed that. I think he did pretty damn well. Yeah. Klein playing, so hopefully he doesn't have another club lined up after all. So yeah. No.
1: And and I think Roy did speak on that and said that that the club and he fully expect that deal to be extended
0: in in the very near future. So that's a good sign. Because Klein's the man. And then this one, probably a little bit tenuous, Sandy Nicholson. But uh, maybe they got Sacco off quick enough, so he's not fully injured to prevent a transfer. Um, if that's one of the positives we have to take out the game, then, uh,
1: yes, yeah. it's also inaccurate because he was—he, you know, it, it was a—it was quite a clear thigh strain when you saw it happen. It actually came from a moment where he had stepped in and intercepted the ball really well, almost in a kind of vintage Sacco way, just stepping out of the defence, perfectly timed interception. But then he just immediately stopped moving after that, and I thought, is he just sort of almost a kind of look at me? What a great interception that was! But it, but unfortunately, no, it was a it was a strain. But um. There we go. I don't think we'd be interested in preventing a transfer anyway because um, I think it's very much in the club's interest to get that level of wages off, off the wage bill. I think that's going to be a priority
0: uh,
1: for this transfer window in the end of the season. We've got to get that wage bill down to enable us to do what we
0: need to do to uh, to improve the squad. Yeah, and Hodgson said as much in his post-match, reading between the lines. Um, so so Dar- Darren, Darren Lurie, I hope I've pronounced your name right there, Dalzini791. Would like to know what position PVA was playing in once Mitchell came on. Uh, It was bizarre, (laughs) almost like he's told to have a free roll. And then as they dropped deeper and started to pick. That doesn't make any sense. Started to pick the ball up off the back four, I think is what he meant. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that was the weirdest part of the game, I think, other than Butlins picking up a back pass. um, What the hell was PVA once Mitchell came on?
1: Uh, obviously doing the watch along is exactly the sort of thing that we have to really look at closely to talk about um, for the the people watching along with us so he was asked to play left wing which again is something we've talked about a lot and um, with with Schluck going off it suddenly became you know being injured sorry uh, it suddenly became a reality but in true PVA style of course, he didn't stay on the left wing. He didn't play there. He just he just wandered around the pitch. Sometimes he was in centre midfield. Sometimes he he popped up on the right. But Eze was effectively playing CDM. Now I, I was, you know, in in some ways, a, a centre midfield of Reavell and Eze is almost the stuff dreams are made of. But not in that game. Not playing the way we were, and still leaving it just the two. You've got to have a three man midfield if you're playing Eze central. Give him that kind of freedom to move about. You don't and, and have the two sitting behind him. So you know the changes were madness as well. They they really were. But yeah, I you know to me, without going on forever, it just sums up the situation with Van Arnholt. Play him left back, he doesn't stay left back. Play him left wing, he doesn't stay left wing. You cannot trust the guy to have any positional discipline. So you either play him, and and the entire team have to be continuously considering how they cover him when he wanders or you just simply can't play him anymore because he's a complete liability. And i very much am on the latter at the moment, an absolute huge liability.
0: Well, let's just say you probably can trust him with your other half. He seems like a nice man.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Um, anyway, so um, it's time again for a visit to Pitch Sport. Uh, Pitch Sport, our main sponsor, been with us for a long, long time. Uh, really do appreciate their support and and You know, as listeners of our podcast and followers of our content, we really ask you to support them too. So Google Pitch Sport Footy, download the app, get involved, registered on there, do your post-match player ratings. um, You know, we we can really start getting into some some interesting data. The more of you that join, the better the information we get, the wider the scope of everybody's involvement. And they are shortly launching something called, and it's no connection to our other sponsor, it's called Foreplay. Um, which is a result uh, prediction league. Uh, and we'll be talking much more about that in the not too distant future. So, my code on there is K U G K U T.
0: Mike? My code is E N E Y D K.
1: Join us on there. You can comp- compete against us in terms of result predictions and knock me off the top of the table. So, it is listener feedback time. So we're going to start with Eagle Eye View, and that is Chewy, formerly of this parish. And um, Chewy's gone with, players need to shoulder some responsibility. Benteke, Mishi, Ayu, Eze, Gyro, Klein, and PVA all played and created nothing. Easy to blame Roy. It absolutely is, and correct to blame Roy. Uh, And tactics, and they do have blame, but those players should have done more. It was actually a very attacking side from us. Um, I'm gonna digest some of that um, and I'll, but I'm gonna be horrible and make you answer it first if that's all right.
0: That's fine. I mean, you can have an attack inside, but if there's no there's no one to feed them there, um, that's the problem. I, I mean I, as I say, Bo was the only one that came out publicly after the game and and he said that they really underperformed. Um, so I, I think they, I, I think they usually do take responsibility. The PVA is the only one that ever usually comes out on, on Twitter or, or some public place to to apologize. And I really think that the players have learnt from from the replies he gets that it's it's just worse it's just better to keep your head down, wait for a win and, and come back and say, Look, we we knew we were playing poorly, like uh Tompkins did the other day. Um you know, say so we, we've had bad times and we tried to change it. There's no point coming out after the game when everyone's still angry because you just get slated. Um, but I'm sure they will take responsibility.
1: Yeah, and I suppose the, the, the discussion around taking responsibility, I'm not one that, that cares whether or not they publicly say anything. It's not really what it's about. Taking responsibility, uh, I suppose in the context of the tree means, is during the course of a game, whether it's the game we've just watched, they should have taken more responsibility or more importantly, going into the next game when they when they take that initiative themselves and sometimes you know that's that's also what's missing so i can kind of say the the angle where you can talk about what the manager the manager can't do a tremendous amount during the course of the game when the players are out on the pitch you can make subs you can shout instructions for instructions from the sidelines but ultimately it's the players themselves who've got to read the game and, and and adjust on the pitch where as and when they can but you know, I've got to be honest, you know, can read Roy's book for this. You know, he, he's not one who encourages players to do that. You know, he, he trains monotonously on the same things every single week to make sure the players carry out the same actions every single week. And to me, that's the problem with having Roy as a manager for as long as we've had, because we have become hugely predictable. We as fans can all predict pretty much everything week to week so of course the the teams that scout us and play against us know that too and they're the ones that do the damage our frustration doesn't come into it it's all to do with what what the opposition do when they come and play us and you know wolves as we've talked about already knew that they could come play the same game plan that they've played against us and been successful with in the past and we would do nothing different and we did nothing different so whilst you can call it an attacking side it's only an attacking side if you have a system and you and you have a plan that enables you to get the best out of your attacking players. And that means getting people like Eze time on the ball and not having him continuously having to cover a, a completely roaming left-back. And that means trying to work out a way to get Ayu involved in the game when he's playing out of position as a right midfielder, you know, with with the same responsibilities that, that Schlupp or Townsend have been playing with, but he's a completely different player. You know, that, that to me is the real madness of it. And that's where... You know, certainly on this occasion, you have to look at the manager and coaching staff. You can't look too closely at the players because it's, you know, they're going out there with with, with no hope at times because, you know, they're just having to do the same things over and over and over again that don't get results because that's what they're asked to do by the person who's in charge. It's um, it's insanity. Uh, You can read the next one because I'm tired.
0: Well, I, I think you've pre it. So Ibo said, have the players become bored with the coaching methods and tactics of Roy? Three seasons of working the same things all week and going out to do the same thing every match. Must be wearing thin by now. Um, I think you've, you, you've pretty much covered that. Um, obviously, we can't say because we're not there. But um, if if, you, if there's two of you thinking the same thing, then maybe. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's Ebo, isn't it? You said that. And um, yeah, he and I talked fair amount on social media and, and I completely agree as you would not expect from the fact I said it already but um yeah great comment
0: so so Greg Eggs excellent name uh just talk about knackers again <laughs> okay well we've done that uh plus funniest comment for some time from Hanbo uh during the watch along they could have played a bernonjin goal or a potato and would have made no difference uh, yeah
1: I also I also included a tree in that and that 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 comes from um that's how I used to describe Matt Lawrence at centre back. You might as well just plant a tree in the penalty area, or a or a potato. They're my favourite go-to three. But we were just having a discussion about the fact that um, I think somebody asked who was in goal for for Wolves, and it was John Ruddy. But the um, yeah, the the humorous response was it really didn't matter, and those were my options. But uh, Gre- Greg, thank you for for watching along, and glad you enjoyed the comment.
0: I mean, blamonds is the ultimate nan pudding isn't it really um, mm-hmm. up there with like taffyoka or something uh, so Mark MD Jones 82 next oh god next four games look tough especially given our current performances if we lose all four does he finally get his marching orders no I mean what are the next four uh, I'm going to look past Arsenal um, Arsenal thanks, Man
1: City oh, um god. I've just I I've, I stopped at Arsenal, and Man City. No, but I could I couldn't look it up, but it would do. It you know we have we have a tough run in front of us, 100. And you know at the moment we don't look like a team that's going to do what we occasionally do and get a uh, get a really surprising result off of a, of, a, of a big team. That kind of idea where we used to talk about the stats they used to get rolled out and they don't anymore. So I assume that they've got a lot worse. Where you look at um, Palace's performance against the top six and it's one of the best in the league. I doubt that's the case anymore. Um, you know, and we've shown when we play a team that's on form that's got lots of quality, like we did against Liverpool, um, and to some extent against Villa if you if you want to big them up in the way they've been playing, we just we just didn't cope in those games and it's hard to expect any different in, in the games coming up, I have to say and, and agree with Mark. But in terms of if he loses all four, does he get the marching orders? You know, my gut my gut says we'll we'll try and, and, and get through the season, but I think the time has come. I I genuinely do. And and I know a few people get angry at me for, for being anti Roy and say it clouds my judgment, but I've had enough of it. I can't I can't get behind him. Even when we do well, there's this nagging feeling in the back of my head that it's just this it's just papering over the cracks. It's just this delaying the inevitable, you know. And and I think if I if I could be you know, be speak a bit generally about it when you've got a manager who's running out of contract and a whole bunch of players are, are running out of contract that that affects you mentally you know even it's, it's probably a subconscious thing some of the players will be thinking am I actually going to be here next season that'll that'll get to you and the manager as well if he you know if, if he's aware that the club are, are thinking about who might replace him when he does go and he hasn't had any talks about extending his deal and you know that that's going to going to affect the way he plans and thinks about his job anyway. And I think we're just a a club treading water, and it and it's a very very dangerous time for us. So I, I'd do it now. I'd get rid now.
0: Well, I would probably say, well, we've got twenty two points, even if we get no more here. I think the difference is that um, a few years ago, I would have expected that we would have been the first team to lose to Sheffield United. Um, he's basically swapped what was a an excellent record against the top six for one that's excellent against the bottom six, uh, which is obviously a lot less fun to watch. Um, Andy the Twat, good to hear from you, the Twat. Uh, players have given up on Roy, as you can tell. Every other team looks more sharper on the ball than we do, and I include those below us in the table. Taxes have gotten old and boring in the players' performance show. This to be the case, I mean, that is pretty much echoing some other points. So uh, thank you for that.
1: Did we I think on that topic about the players potentially giving up. I I'm sure I saw somebody mention I didn't notice it at the time but was it Tompkins and IU were laughing when we had a corner or something? A few people got angry about that but yeah, we look we're not playing like a team that are that are playing fully behind the manager, are we?
0: I mean, look, I I'm always a bit dubious about getting annoyed about what someone does in the moment. Um if if they're laughing at the end of the game, fine. But if somebody smiles during a defeat, uh, I, yeah, I mean it it happens. I, I'm sure I've laughed at a funeral before, but um, yeah,
1: they might oh they might might have been just laughing at just how shit it was, and and you know there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't, don't laugh, Laughing at
0: Sacco, lasting 45 minutes and getting injured again. Um, Richard's oh Jesus, Richard, uh, nothing left to say. It's the same thing after every performance, so it's not down to personnel, but team shape and tactics. I, I think we're probably of the agreement that it's those rather than personnel. Um, excellent question from Leif Anderson's forehead. What minute and programme did you switch over to? Mine was 64 minutes, goggle box. <laughs>
1: Well, well, what can you say about that? Unfortunately, doing a watch-along, I wasn't allowed to switch over. So, um, there
0: you go. No, I didn't switch over. And I I also didn't switch over from the Arsenal-Newcastle game, which was even more unforgivable. Tim, uh, Warren, um, previously of this parish, as far as Roy and Ray are concerned, did the players perform their roles as instructed? Um, So, I think that probably particularly covers the the PVA thing. Often see comments afterwards like I'm generally happy and can't fault the players along with we lacked a bit of luck and on another day etc cetera, etc. Cetera. My concern is all fine is all is fine in their world. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've we've covered that. I, I I suspect that Roy isn't the Roy isn't the kind of person to um, come out in public and and say the players didn't do um, what. He'd asked them, but he, he I, I'd imagine he would tell them afterwards. It's whether they're actually not doing what he wants them to, or whether he's somehow slowly morphing yeah. into Frank the Boer. Um,
1: I mean, look, he 100% he would have had some kind of a, a plan about how to attack, and he, no doubt, that plan didn't go to plan, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but it's down to him to have. More than one plan up his sleeve, so yeah, I, I understand where Tim's coming from. As you say, we have we have covered that, and I do genuinely think that whether they think it's fine in their world, um I, I haven't seen any real creative thought about how we can do anything differently, and that's the concern for me.
0: Okay, and a couple of uh, last points. Mike Deakin not getting the best from arguably our best ever squad. Yeah, I think we covered that before. Um, yeah, he's frustrating. Obviously, just seems lacking in passion and strong on the pitch. Uh, leadership I again I don't think that there's a lack of passion and I, I don't really think there's a, a lack of leadership um I just um yeah I'm not sure those are the reasons but I, I, I really no. have one and then you have a comment on both of these um yeah, okay. so uh Crystal Panic uh, said so many questions regarding that performance why wasn't Mayer on the bench or even Scott Banks so
1: I mean th- I'll answer the, the- newest one first and just want to go back to Mike's afterwards really quickly. But I mean look, Maya if you go go over to our YouTube channel DR talks about it, you know, in, in a bit more detail about what Roy actually said. But, you know, his days are numbered. There's no two ways about it. Roy doesn't rate him, doesn't doesn't feel that he's gonna perform at Premier League level and, and clearly the, the rest of the coaching staff agree with that. Otherwise there would be a an attempt to get him in into that side. You know, to me, if you've got any Designs whatsoever on him being a Palace player, even to the end of the season, he plays in that game. The fact that he didn't speaks volumes. So, we've given up on on Max Mayer as a club. Um, I, I don't like how he's been treated at Palace, and I, and I don't think we ever really gave him a proper shot. And, and you know, when he did have opportunities, he tended to be the kind of sacrificial lamb in a in a team that was full of people who could have had a similar similar level of treatment who weren't performing. It was always him. And that's what really winds me up. Um, and we've seen it with other players, you know, other players lose form, keep their place. And, and the kind of the younger, fresher players are the ones that miss out every single time. And on Scott Banks, I think we've got to be really, really careful with this because I, I've talked about how highly I rate him. And and a lot of people have said, oh, he never really stands out at under 23 level. He's just in and out of games. But I completely disagree with that. He is an out. To me, he's outstanding at under 23 level. In moments, no player at under-23 level really for 90 minutes is continuously on the ball, continuously doing things. I think people are sort of kind of expecting the next Messi at times, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a player that has incredible technical ability, fantastic delivery of a football, um, and, and it's got an eye for goal. But unfortunately, we can't really have a go at Roy for not picking him, even though he wouldn't anyway, because Scott Banks is currently injured. Um and finally, returning back to Mike's point around not getting the best out of arguably our best ever squad, and it's certainly a squad that Roy backs, um, when he talks about it lacking passion and, and leadership, I think you're right, Mike, I don't think it's that. But what I would say, there's a different word you can talk about, and that's belief. And I think that's belief in each other at times, but most importantly, it's belief in the methods that we're doing, returning to the points that were mentioned earlier. I think the players have lost that belief, that confidence that the way we go about things it's going to deliver the results we need. And most of all, give them that kind of satisfaction they want from, from being footballers, being competitive in every game and having the opportunity to win every game. It, it must be killing certain players at the very least, if not everybody, that they're having to go out every week and play within themselves to to fit a system. It, you know, I, I feel so sorry for some of those players out there. I really do.
0: You've got, you've got me thinking actually, just before we stop, that I've been in jobs in IT where, um, the boss has been like, make sure you do this. And it's just, it's so mind numbingly simple. And you just want to say, couldn't I be doing this to make the best of my abilities for you and to get the most out of me for you? But no. yeah. Well, look, you
1: know, on that, I, you know, I, I work for a uh, quite a large organization and, and it's one of the things that as a, as an organization, we we've really worked hard on um, because, you can you do get stagnant and in the industry i'm in you you will fall behind and 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 as you know matter how big your company is you fall behind if you don't innovate so we you know we've assigned time for people to to talk about doing things differently and managers because you know i'm at manager level and we are we are told if someone challenges the status quo, if someone challenges, and I don't mean the the terrible rock band, if somebody challenges the the established way of that's doing it. That's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, you really should challenge status quo. Just one more chord. Come on, one more. Um, but if someone challenges that, never, ever shut them down. Give them every bit of encouragement you can. Listen to what they say. Empower them to do something about it. Invite them to talk to other people. And that's the kind of, I don't know. You can't say it doesn't happen because we're not behind the scenes. But you know, I've I've heard stories of you know of players getting together at Palace, and I won't talk about when that was and, and or anything like that. But um, and and you know, saying we think we should be doing this, and, and managers shutting them down, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I I think that we, that we don't. I don't think we have an environment that encourages free thinking and creativity. Um, and and anything different to this established method that we work with. And I think that has to change and change soon. So finally, Mike, um, we've got to quickly revisit the the COVID situation. Um, Can you read out your title? Because I've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, this is a, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia reference, but um, Luca and the COVID breach too, electric boogaloo. Um, Yeah, we've got got to cover (laughs) it again. Um, I mean, Lucas statement, I'm sure everyone's everyone's read it. Um, I'll just quickly go over. It, it was it was fairly minimal. Um, he came out to apologise. And he said, In what is a really difficult and challenging moment for everyone, I'm truly grateful that I'm able to continue to do the job. I love and I do not take it for granted. I'm very sorry to anyone who's m- made to feel angry, hurt, or upset by my actions. Um... Yeah, I, I'm making a donation to the local NHS service to help them continue their incredible work in our community fighting the virus. I don't, know, I don't think I think we've covered enough of our own opinions mm-hmm. on on Luca.
1: I, I just the only thing I'd add is I think that's exactly the right thing, and I think people need to draw a line under it. You know, I understand the the angle we talked about it as you say in the last podcast at length, and um, I, I, you know, I I was disgusted by it, and I and I don't feel that there's any excuse whatsoever. But I think it's important to be able to recognise that human beings are fallible. We made a mistake, and he's and he's apologised and made a donation, and good on him. That's exactly what you need to do, and, and never do anything like that again. And we should be able to draw a line under that. And um, then also, you know, as as you've put into here, the situation around um, and there's been a some anger, but a markedly different response, which points to partly the captaincy that Luca has, and partly people's issues with his form and all that sort of stuff, you know, exacerbating the problem. But most people, um, you know, are still a little bit frustrated with Eze because he went to watch the uh, QPR, was it QPR Fulham? Or Fulham or uh, someone else? I can't remember. You, like, my, brain, ground, my brain's right? gone.
0: Yeah, yes, don't worry. He, anyway. The cup yeah. lost to Fulham.
1: So, yeah, he was apparently invited by uh, their board to go and watch it was apparently ratified by the Football Association, um, but still leaves a, a sour taste in the mouth. So I think you can look at it in a couple of ways, personally. And first of all, I will, I'll start by saying it just doesn't look good. All right, Whatever the situation, it doesn't look good. It would have been better for him to, to have said, really nice of you to ask me in the current situation with COVID as rampant as it is. With there being an entire national lockdown and everybody staying in their houses, and in particular with poor old Chris um, being asked to isolate and he can't even go out and exercise, um, probably not the best old thing to do right now. Okay, so that's what I think. But, you know, football is in a very different environment. So you look at the fact that every single week footballers are mixing with each other without social distancing in place, um, both in training and in matches. So we already know. There are a different set of rules established for elite sport, um, and in this case, football. So within that different set of rules, you will have a different set of of what you can and can't do. Right. So arguably, Eze hasn't breached anything different. He's, he's sat with footballers at a football match. That's that's what they do. So I think it's right that people aren't quite as angry. But I just go back to the point that. Ultimately, did you really need to go and watch that football match? It does leave a bit of a, a sour taste in the mouth for people who can't do that.
0: Yeah, so um, it was just, just one quote. We, we had a few people mention it, but um, at Ralphie01 on Twitter uh, wanted us to discuss the FA allowing Eze out. He said, people just don't learn. Who's advising Eze? Did he not learn from Luca? Why didn't one of his advisors say don't go? Now, there's been mixed comments like the FA distanced themselves from saying that they actually had allowed him to do what he did. Um, So I'm going to leave that one there, but um, I'm not sure as needs advice. he's clearly a a very intelligent lad. Um, He obviously made the decision that perhaps in retrospect was, was the wrong one. Um, I don't put it in the same league as Luca. He's not out partying, as you say, he's in with footballers who are tested all the time and, and, um, yeah, I, I just think it's a slightly different situation, but I, mm. I think it looks bad. And there's, you're right. There's no need.
1: But it's still, it's still an extra risk as well, isn't it? No matter which way you look at it, when they when they go into training, when they play matches, that in itself is a risk. But it's an accepted risk because that's their profession. They're allowed to do it, and that's what that's what they're what they're, what they're paid to do. But you're not paid to go and watch a, a football match at your previous club, so. It doesn't really feel like there's a legitimate justification there because ultimately all he's done really is create an additional risk. Somebody could have been at that game who is infected. He could then get affected, go to training before he's, they might test negative but still infect other, all that kind of crap could all happen from that one little thing. So, you know, it it's, it's a very silly thing to have done and he should have not done it really. But there we go. So Mike we've gone on much much longer than we intended to although some of that will be edited out <laughs> because of um reasons. So um let's just crack on to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to everybody who got in touch loads of you this week uh, which surprised me considering how poor a game we had to deal with. So um thank you to everybody. If we read your message great if we didn't um don't don't worry we we read we read it privately and we use those things to help us develop the plan for the show every single week. Um, do please engage with our sponsors that's Pitch Sport, Football and Manscaped Uh, they show support to us so we can keep this show free for everybody so please support them like, follow, subscribe on all our social accounts and of course the preview team will be back for a look ahead to the next game against Arsenal very soon and until next time, come on you palace Back of the Nest Review Show sponsored by
0: PitchDMM.com
1: it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.